0: Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and two films that could not be more opposite from each other this week. It's Minari and Tom and Jerry. Minari is currently available for rent and Tom and Jerry is technically in theaters and I'm doing air quotes as I say that. It's also available on HBO Max for about a month if you have that subscription. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? First up is a film called Minari, which I think is one of my favorite dramatic films of 2020. It's absolutely one of my top films of 2020 in general. I'm so excited that people are finally going to be able to see it more widely. It centers around a Korean-American family that moves to a tiny farm in Arkansas to start farming and live that American dream and rise up by their bootstraps and live this very American vision of success. The family consists of two parents, two kids, and then the mother of the wife comes to live with them from Korea. The father's played by Stephen Ewan, who you probably know from The Walking Dead. The mother is played by Yeri Han. The kids are Alan Kim and Noel Kate Cho. And I think the standout performance, honestly, goes to Yoo Jung Yoon, who plays the grandmother. She is just funny and delightful, and I just, I loved everything about her in this. I really hope she gets nominated for an Oscar. I think what this film serves to highlight for me, so there's multiple facets to it. If you come from a background where family is important— this film is going to speak to you, you know. If especially if you come from, I would probably guess an Asian culture, or I, I see this across. I see this across lots of cultures actually, but I personally relate to it as an Asian person. The sort of sense of filial piety and just that obligation to your parents and your family and taking care of each other that is going to hit hard if you are someone who has any sort of relationship with a grandparent. You know, this is going to definitely get to you. If you have any, if you have experienced any sort of generational disconnect, where I, I you know. You don't understand why somebody older than you doesn't get naturally the things that you are dealing with and that come naturally to you. I think an example of this is technology, right? Parents who struggle with like their smartphones or whatever and you get frustrated at them. This story will speak to you in some senses. This story does not have deal smartphones, but that's just an example of that. If you have dealt with a language barrier this will speak to you, if you've felt othered, or if you've felt FOMO at the success of your peers, or any of these things, this is a universal story, and it's all wrapped up into a tight, almost two-hour package, and I just, I love the experience of it. I was so invested into what happens with this family, you know, I could not care less about farming, I don't know a ton of people who are super ingrained in the, the drama of farming, and yet, it. you know, that's just the setting and the vehicle, and, and I have been pretty vocal about how frustrated I am in that this film did not qualify for... Or the Golden Globes Best Picture. I think the Golden Globes are just kind of a mess in general. But I think what the sort of controversy around this film served to highlight is how Asian-ness is perceived as other. This is a film by an American filmmaker. It was made in the U.S. It has at least one American star in it. And yet... It's being grouped in foreign language film. And yes, most of it, I would say 70% of it, takes place in Korean, but it's an American film. And I think that the automatic willingness to just qualify it as, oh, this is a foreign film, it's not. It's an American film. And the American experience is something that is so diverse. America is a melting pot. And I was trying to think of, okay, if this film had been made with white actors, would it have been ma- received the same? But you can't make this film with white actors because the story as it is has so many nuances that are specific to the Korean culture, but they translate translate out universally i think you could tell a version of this story with other cultures it wouldn't be this exact story but the core storytelling and the core emotions and the core relationships are such universal things and my hope is maybe because this film is coming out right now while we're experiencing this you know wave of anti-asian crimes which are not actually new uh you know and it didn't start with coronavirus if you want to do some reading on the history of the uh othering of asians and and again it's not the uh, oppression olympics We're not you can't one to one compare the experiences of different minorities and different racial groups but there's absolutely a huge issue going on in the Asian and Asian American community right now that needs to be highlighted and my hope is actually that when people see this film it will help people understand that while people may look different than each other at our core at human beings like we are not that different from each other and there's a a connection that you can have that transcends race and transcends gender and transcends you know all of these things so please 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 watch Minari it's just a great film a film about family and most of us one way or another have a relationship with family and have something to relate to in this film so I'm going to give it 4.8 out of 5 and please I again watch this movie I'm going to take a quick break and be right back And then the other film I have this week is Tom and Jerry and it is based on the Warner Brothers cartoons and I feel like I could not find a film further from Minari in terms of heart and warmth and value to the story. I will acknowledge that I am someone who found even as a kid Tom and Jerry kind of a tedious cartoon to watch. I just got really frustrated by kind of how mean they are to each other and how selfish and more often than not it's not like Jerry is like trying to survive and that's why Tom is coming after him. You know he's like always building these little fancy palace and all all this stuff. So it's it's more antagonistic than I think I enjoyed as a kid and that definitely translates to an adult. I can only imagine that the way that this movie came about is people were sitting around and just kept brainstorming ideas of how do we show these super, super cartoony but 3D cartoony versions of Tom and Jerry. If you take a look at the trailer or you know even see an image of them, you'll know what I'm talking about. How do we put them in very zany scenarios where they interact with the real world, you know, like real world that we deal with and that we can show them, you know, climbing on things and that we'll actually see the curtain move or a cat scratches something and you actually see the scratches, but it comes from this super cartoon cat. And they just came up with a dozen of those scenarios and went, oh, I guess we need a plot to string those together. And then maybe just spun a roulette wheel and were like, no, this will do for a plot. The humans in it are played by Chloe Grace Moretz, Michael Pena, Rob Delaney, Colin Jost, Ken Jeong, Paula V. Sharda. And I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. If you want to watch a movie where cartoons interact with the real world, watch Space Jam. Space Jam is great. Watch, you know, Space Jam did this however many, like 20 plus years ago. Oh my God, that makes me feel so old. Space Jam did this 20 plus years ago. It also had like a thin plot to it, but it was so much more fun and so much more palatable. This was just so painful to watch. Like I was so bored. I was not amused by their antics. Again, I think this maybe goes back to my not being amused by their antics as a child. I found it really, really freaky that all the animals in this world are super cartoony and yet everyone else is very real life live action. And so there are moments where like Chloe Grace Moretz picks up a cat and pets it and it's just, it looks bad because the cat itself is also not interacting, right? So she's just sort of like waving her hand over, it's a white cat and it's just sort of waving her hand over this blank space because there's no fur to interact with. I just, ugh, ugh, it really, the more I talk about it, the more it creeps me out. <laughs> I feel for parents who are probably very desperate right now and are looking for new content all the time, but I think if you're a parent, you're not going to be very amused by this. I guess your kids might be sort of amused by this, but I would either say, plop your kids down in front of the old Tom and Jerry cartoons, if that's their type of humor, so you don't have to sit through the flimsy plot parts of this, Or, again, watch Space Jam. I I just am plugging Space Jam a bunch here. It's not, they're not paying me or anything. I just love Space Jam as a film. I don't know how I feel about the idea of a sequel. But anyway, Tom and Jerry, it's on HBO Max. I did no, I can't. I can't recommend it. I wanted to, I hated watching this movie. I thought about turning it off halfway through. I don't know why I didn't. But I'm only going to give this one out of five. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.